Welcome to Taboo and Turn On. I'm your host, Natalie Bartanian, and this is a podcast where we have real talk about real things, where we shed light on taboo topics and explore what it truly means to live a turned on life. I'm so glad you've joined, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Music by bensound.com. So on this episode, today's episode, I have a friend and witchy partner in crime, um, Deanna Durrell. She's best-selling author of The Dating Mirror, Trust Again, Love Again, and a spiritual mentor. And we met through a mutual friend, Sally Hope, and very quickly our kind of worlds collided and we see the world a lot in the same way. We definitely have a way of tapping into intuition and our magic um, that is so lovely to be around. And we've also teamed up on projects like a couple of teleseries and telecalls around love and dating. So Diana is the perfect person to bring on today, especially because we want to dive into love and dating and intuition and all of that. So Diana, thanks so much for wanting to have a juicy conversation about this topic. Thank you so much for having me. I just like, I remember when we first met and how magical that first meeting was in Oakland. And I'm like, yeah. how? We've known each other many, many, many lifetimes. Many lifetimes, <laughs> right. Because we hadn't even met in person yet at that point. No. We had just done all of this kind of connecting and co-creating virtually. Yes. Yeah. I love the way the universe works. Thank you, internet. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You're right. There are some times where I feel like the internet is the bane of my existence in technology, but then at the same time, it's so miraculous. It's insane. Totally, totally, totally. Yeah, so let's just, like, let's dive in. Let's talk love and dating and intuition. Um, Right before we started, I was just thinking about how... In some ways, intuition seems so straightforward, and then in other ways, I feel like it's this place where so much mind-fucking can happen. Absolutely. So I think the difference is, like, is it? are you connected to your body, or are you totally in your head? Because mm. we can really confuse the hell out of something that we think and something that we know. Okay. Wow. Okay. Right? Got it. Right. The thinking and knowing distinction. Okay. Yeah. And then there's this, the other side of it is like, we can't shut off our thinking mind. Like I think sometimes in the spiritual community, there's a stigma, like you have to be out of your head all the time. Like logic is bad and just sit on a meditation pillow and like manifest shit. And it doesn't work that way. We need both. Uh, I like to think of it as a system. So there's something that you know, that's your gut, your intuition. And then there's something you feel, which is your heart and your emotions. And then if you put those two together, it's like this beautiful recipe for, okay, then what do I need to do about it, if anything? And our logical thinking mind is the one that will brilliantly give us the you know inspired actions to do. So if you take that you know piece out of the puzzle, you know, you may find yourself really, really calm, but not manifesting things or not like feeling like you could trust your intuition. So you need all three. 
Right. Well, and that's, I was just thinking about, as you were saying, this place <clears throat> where, especially for me, and, and we'll kind of talk about the different spectrums of it. For someone like me who is very much kind of trained and both practiced in my intuition, there are still times where I'll have visions and I'll sit there and think, I can't tell if this vision is <laughs> something that I sense and foresee is coming or this is totally like me in fantasy land you know like where I'm just off to the you know <laughs> the, me and this the person <laughs> yeah me and this person are just like soulmates and I can see us in France you know and like <laughs> that kind of stuff I'm like how I it's it's even challenging for me to kind of distinguish those things yeah no I mean I would also raise my hand with that I think to a degree, we need the fantasy land. Like we need the imaginative world. That's mm. how we get clear on what it is that's important to us. But I think we can get so fixated on it has to be that person or like that house, or, right, you okay. know, that amount of money, like in this particular way. And that's where we can confuse the channels. Uh, but I've certainly been there too. Like when we talk dating, I did a meditation a while ago. Actually, I got a CD for anybody that's curious. If you want to like retrain your subconscious while you're sleeping, it's by Kelly Howell and it's called Attracting Love. Ooh, we'll put that in the yeah. show notes too. Okay. Yeah. She's also got another one for attracting money, um, which is really fun as well. But you know, a big part of that is dropping down into these theta brainwave spaces where, you know, your intuition will bring up images or sensations. And I remember distinctly seeing this one image of a man with a, like an infant strapped to him, like a baby Bjorn, like on his tummy, but I couldn't see his face. I just saw this like beautiful, like curly brown hair and this baby. And I'm like, well, should I be looking for like <laughs> brown eyed men? Like, what does that mean? And, you know, I did it a couple of months after that. And, and then I didn't get that same image. So does that mean my intuition was wrong? Right. Did I do the exercise quote unquote wrong? Yeah. Or <clears throat> is that just what I needed to see in that moment to tap into what was really important to me and fine tune the vision? I mean, the jury's still out, but that's just kind of an example of like, well, I got something, but I don't, you know, it hasn't exactly presented like that. Right now I'm dating somebody that has jet black hair and there is no baby strapped to him. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, but again, is it like maybe later his hair is going to change to right. brown and then you're going to have a baby with him, right? There's so many places our brain can go from that, right? Like the yeah. meaning, I guess, and that, that's the part too of the meaning that we make out of those visions. I'm realizing is a place to look to because I am also guilty like most people are of, okay, what does this mean? Right. And I got to figure out what it means and by when and who are the players and right. Like the story that has to be created from the spark. Yeah. From the feeling. Because we're addicted to the spark. Yeah. We're so fucking addicted to the spark, whether it's real life or in our imaginary life. That's what we're all like after, but I mean, I mean, in your work, you look at this all the time, like the turn on, yeah. that's something that we cultivate within ourselves, mm -hmm. but it's so easy to fixate on an image. Well, so how do you navigate dating 
yourself? Like, can you share a couple of, because again, you and I have also in this way, we've, we've been in relationship. We've been in like deep committed relationships. Right. And we've also spent a lot of time single. Like we've kind of played both sides. Right. And so I'm curious in this point in time, how you approach dating these days. Yeah, well, I mean, right now in a place where dating is actually not the priority, like it's fun, I definitely do it, but it's not like my sole focus the way I think it has been in prior years. Um, You know, my intent right now is to really live my message and fine tune my message because what I was finding, and I don't know if you found this to be true, it's like, I, when I give, I give like a hundred thousand (laughs) percent and with dating right now, I feel like, okay, I'm totally present with the people that I'm going out with, but I'm not making them my entire world because then I tend to get off balance with the other things in my life. So right now I'm making a conscious choice to, you know, see it as an add on as opposed to the priority, which is very different. Like when I was writing, the dating mirror dating was definitely my priority. And I had a ton of stories, like even your stories in there. Right. And it was very much about seeing myself through the eyes of, you know, men and women and what I thought I had to be in order to fit this vision that I thought I wanted, which was like the marriage and kids thing. And I lost my balance with, you know, friendships with my body, like my relationship to my body and my business. And, um, now, you know, having gone through what I've gone through, I am really just seeing, okay, how do I show up on this date or with this person? And do I like who I'm being and what are they showing me about themselves and taking the pressure completely off what it has to look like or what the quote unquote outcome of the date will be. And just instead seeing this person in front of me or, you know, online, if you're doing online dating as your spiritual teacher for the moment. So that's a really good point about who am I showing up as? And I think like that is the, I think for me, the common thread, because there is this weird thing that happens where at a certain point, I don't even notice it happening. But as I'm dating, and especially the more serious I think it's getting, where I do start to make these like little concessions here, little concessions there that have me not showing up as fully myself that has. Mm -hmm. And I get that that's part of partnership, right? You, you are a there is you and then there's them and then there's a relationship that requires something different you know but man that kind of that dance though like real talk Mm -hmm. around you know relationships and dating but this thing of losing yourself in relationship and what is the distinction between right you're in a partnership now you have to collaborate and cooperate and in some ways compromise but then you're now no longer recognizing the person you are and not in a great way. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, I've been there so many times and I actually just had a conversation with somebody yesterday about that. Um, you know, living with a guy and feeling like she needs her own space and like, how do you wrestle being an individual and then being, you know, someone's lover, someone's partner and, I mean, I don't have all the answers to that, but what comes up when you pose that is, 
I think like making, making time for yourself, right. Carving out pockets of time where you are with yourself and you are like with your dreams and desires and communicating that to the person that you're seeing, like that this is important and this is what they're attracted to you. Right. And so if, if you make that a priority as well as making time for each other a priority, then everybody wins. But I think the, I mean, to a certain extent, you have to let go of your single self. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because there is, you're entering into a different kind of stage realm situation. It's different. Like if you're an entrepreneur versus working in a company, right? Like you have now a whole team and, so yeah, it's like different sides of yourself in a different chapter. Um, so I love the like carving out pockets of time. And I think this other part is a tricky one, but I'm curious what you would think about this. I've been thinking more about reflections from my friends, kind of having a trusted board of advisors in some way that hold me to being my truest self, even in mm-hmm. relationship. I love that. Which can get tricky, right? Because obviously <laughs> these people also have their own filters and agendas and they might have specific reasons for saying something or wanting something for you, right? But if they're the right people, I think it is a good thing, right, to have someone reflect back sometimes like, hey, kind of like you're doing that thing again, <laughs> you know, of mm-hmm. going down the relationship rabbit hole, haven't seen you in a while, you know, and just to kind of keep things in perspective, basically. No, I think that's really important. And I think the distinction is, um, you know, have you given them permission to go to that space with you? Uh, yeah. And do you trust them, right, in that yeah. capacity? I mean, of course, we want to say, like, yes, we trust all our friends, but I think when you really sink into it, there's certain people in your life that are like, okay, no, I can't really disclose everything. You know, maybe I want to revisit that friendship or renegotiate some things because you're not fully being yourself in the friendship, right? So there's, I think there's some people like that. I mean, that's my experience. Like for for a specific time in my life, they were the perfect kind of tribe member. But then as I grew, right, sometimes they didn't want me to grow. And so I'd kind of dim my light or try to stay within the self-image that they saw me as because nobody knew had shown up in the friend circle. But now what I'm finding is the more like real and raw I am with myself, the more real and raw, you know, people I attract into my tribe. And so, yes, I think having people to hold you up is, is really, really important. And I also have a spiritual board of directors. Yes. Right. <laughs> so it's like, okay, like who are the, the guides that are going to hold my feet to the fire? Like right now, goddess Kali like the goddess of destruction, she's like in my space and it's scaring me, Mm. but she's known for cutting out anything that's not aligned. So I think if you can surrender to that and also be discerning, you know, with your friends and absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, it's a, it's a tricky place. Like I, I just find myself, I've just been doing it more for myself. It's been an exploration the last four or five months of dating where 
I let people in more on my dating and love and relationship experience and, mm-hmm. and allow them and ask them questions even of, you know, what do you see or how do you see this kind of playing out? You've known me a long time, you know, is this yeah. like a pattern and just kind of letting them in on the experience and also helping guide me. Um, yeah. Because sometimes people on the outside do have perspective. We don't, we're in the bubble, right? We're in the love bubble. We have the rose colored glasses mm-hmm. on. It's just like adrenaline rushing through every, you know, vein in our body. And though I see again, this, you know, this fine line of sharing too much with your friends and, you know, especially when you're in a rough patch with somebody and inevitably you work through the rough patch. Right. And now they have this vision of this person. That's like, they're an asshole. What the fuck are you doing dating them? You know? (laughs) Yes, girl. Oh my gosh. That's always a fun conversation. You're just like, okay, whatever I said last week, like, forget it. No. <laughs> or this having to balance like oh shit have I said too many bad things versus like yes. too many uh, good things like do they outweigh you know because you do have those friends where they just they feel so safe you just verbally vomit with them you know and you just <laughs> you just purge all of the things but then they don't really hear the positive stuff Right. right. So in their mind, it's total. Of course, it's skewed in that direction of like, why are you with this person? You're always <laughs> complaining about them. <laughs> exactly. And I, and the other thing I found, and this actually happened yesterday with one of my really good friends that I haven't talked to in a while. I was telling her about a situation with the guy that I'm seeing right now. And she totally like, I mean, because I'm empathic. I know you are too. Like, yeah. totally like dumped all of her like unfulfilled like wishes and desires like and mixed it in with like you know well-meaning but kind of unsolicited advice for me about the situation oh yeah that's fun (laughs) oh god but I didn't notice it I was like why am I feeling so tired and then we got off the phone and I'm like oh great like I think I totally (laughs) absorbed some of that um and, and I was feeling wonky, like, all day. Like, I was in total funk. And so I think if you're listening to this and you two are empathic and sensitive, like, it's really important when you start to feel your energy drain to, like, cut that shit as soon as you see it. And just even within yourself, like, oh, my gosh, okay, I'm, I'm totally taking on, you know, this person's stuff or you know, they're filtering this, this advice through their own, like, whatever, their own stuff. And we all do it. So, you know, like, I know that my friend didn't mean to do that, but it certainly is important to, to have those energetic boundaries when you're discussing with friends or mentors or, I mean, anybody, right? Like we need to know, um, Again, going back to the body, because that's how, how I do it, is how is my body feeling? Like, do I feel drained? Or do I feel energized? Or do I just feel neutral? Right, right. And in your case, neutrality, does that mean anything particular? Or they're just like, I don't get a read either way? Like, there's no strong indicator either way? Um, I mean, when I'm talking to a friend... And they're giving advice that I asked for. Neutrality is like a good place to stay, right? Because you're balanced. Right. 
And then you assimilate whatever the information is. And then afterwards, right, your body may light up or may get tight. Um, so I wouldn't think, you know, I would stay away from like neutrality is bad. Yeah, yeah. But if you're on a date and you get neutrality, that's also something to just observe. Like, is the neutrality coming from a place of you trying to escape, right? Mm. Like escape something uncomfortable that's coming up right. and just go out of your body because that's easy. Or is it, wow, I have like no charge with this person. They're really nice, but like, I don't want to rip their clothes off and that's totally fine. Right. So just kind of paying attention to even your own indicators while you're dating in relationship, just really, really paying attention. Right. It's what I kind of Paying attention. And, you know, I always say like, three to five minutes after an interaction and this could be with a friend or like a lover or a date, like pay attention to how you feel then. Mm. Cause that's when you'll get the most accurate read. Right. Cause in the moment you're, might not in be the moment yeah. you're, you know, you're with them and you can't see it, but within three to three minutes you, you will know, Oh wow. Like I feel really tired mm. or I feel really confused and I wasn't confused before. Like, mm. Hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I have a question or, or like this thought came up because I was talking to a friend recently too, who's in a budding relationship and they've been dating and we were talking about this place of, and I, I it's got sparked by the boundaries conversation, the energetic boundaries. But you know, when you're in, when you're first dating someone and you're really into them, you are obsessed, right? You're obsessed yep. with them. And so they are in your energy all the time. They're in your thoughts. Mm-hmm. They're in your heart. They're in your feeling things in your body. They're just, they're there. They're present. They're with you all of the time, right? Whether you kind of want to or not, they're just there. And so we were talking about, yeah, how, how do we balance those times? You know, because it just kind of does happen. It's just this natural new relationship, like crack energy, you know, that, that happens. Oxytocin is a bitch. It's a bitch. <laughs> it makes you crazy. <laughs> Again, real talk about love and dating. Like you become uh, like a crazy person. That's why you can't sleep. Hi, crack addicts also don't sleep. You can't eat. Hi, crack addicts also don't eat. <laughs> And can't think straight. Yeah. (laughs) So, gosh, you know, the first thing that comes up is this idea of balance is an ongoing, like, I don't want to say battle, but it's an ongoing dance of priority. Yeah. Right? Like, perfect balance, I don't think really exists. I think we choose our priorities, and then from there, we find the tipping point within those. Um, so, you know, in response to your like crack phase, which I'm kind of in like, (laughs) right. I mean, but it's true. I was just in that too. We talked about it with this person, even though he's a friend with feelings, I still like feelings. (laughs) Yeah. So how do I balance that? Yeah. How are you doing with that? (laughs) With, with that? Yeah. So the first step is I think like letting it be okay. Like allowing like noticing, okay, I'm not going to resist that I feel like I'm on crack and I'm thinking about this person all the time. Like this is the deal. And then, um, and then from there, I think it's just like what I do just to give you the real deal. I take 
some really strong Epsom baking soda essential oil baths almost every night. Oh, okay. Because I work with a lot of clients and, you know, kids and just everybody is like, (laughs) everybody's energy can be around me at any given time. So that's kind of my own self-care, like spiritual maintenance. And I find that it kind of dims the craziness and not in a bad way, but it just kind of takes me back to, okay, what am I doing right this second? They're not with me right this second, but I can appreciate them. Um, so that's something that I do that's really tangible. Now, emotionally, like right now even, like the, the guy that I'm seeing actually texted right before our call. <laughs> of course, because they also. <laughs> I'm like, hi, I'm in the middle of the call. I was with the client talking about personal power and ding. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I think just just allowing it to be there and then also knowing that it may be harder to focus to get shit done and that's okay. Choose your priorities. So whatever you need to do, like in my case, I turned off my messages and put my phone to silent. Like when I'm doing something business related, because I can so easily go off into that oxytocin space because it's fun. Oh, it totally is fun. Well, and, and there's another side to it too. And this is what I was talking about with my friend that, you know, but you can also channel that energy and you could totally use it because again, side effects and not that I've done like a lot of crack, but, um, (laughs) you know, one of the things they joke about is, you know, you stay up all night cleaning your house, you know, you're kind of, there is a, a productivity sometimes in this kind of addiction phase where it just you have a burst of energy that's that seems like it's coming out of nowhere there's an inspiration you know the rose-colored glasses of there's a passion that you can apply to various parts of your life like I do I do love that part of love too you know it definitely is like a rocket booster up your butt that can be used for good you know what a great observation it's so true and you know I had a date with this with this guy um, the other night and we, we were just like making out, you know, going crazy. And I just looked at him and I burst out laughing. He's like, what's so funny? And I said, this is the same energy that I use to pump out my blog post. <laughs> and he was like, what? Like in the heat of the moment, of course, this is where my mind goes. Cause I'm weird. And he's like, okay. I'm like, I just wanted to know, like, I wanted you to know that. <laughs> right. That second chakra, yeah. I felt it this morning and like total TMI, but I danced topless in my office this morning yes. to three like Britney Spears songs and yes. was just like rolling around and I'm totally ovulating right now. And I was like, I don't know what to do with this fucking energy, so I'm just going to dance naked <laughs> and like shake my boobs and touch my boobs and Look at myself in the mirror and Bella thinks I'm insane, but oh well. Oh yeah, definitely. I've so definitely I'll- had those moments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like naked dancing. I'm just so excited. I can't even like sit still. And you do, you have to do something with the energy, you know, and it's yeah. again, kind of this going back to the, and the way that I like to look at it these days is, you know, is, is what I'm doing with this energy actually benefiting me? Is it, is it good for me? Is it healthy for me? Um, or is it 
counterproductive? Is it is it kind of damaging? Is it destructive? Is it and not that it has to be this pure, you know, pure good, pure evil. It's not even about right. the right wrong part of it, but just how is this impacting me? How is me using this energy impacting me or being with this person? Like you said in the beginning, right? Like how am I showing up? How is our interaction, our date, our budding relationship, our relationship, how is that impacting me? Mm, that's a great question. Yeah. Is this serving me yeah. or is this depleting me or distracting me from, you know, who I really want to be? Right. And that's what I mean by, and, and it's a slippery slope sometimes, right? And this is the part where, you know, intuition, um, you know, I, I want to say that that is to stay connected to your intuition as much as possible. The, the purest form of it, I'm wondering, you know, like, obviously that is a practice, but to be able to ask that question, we need our intuition online, you know, and like the purest form of the intuition, not the, like you said, the kind of fantasy, like the imagination part. Yeah. Purely. And you know, one of the things I like to do is use a worry box. Ooh. Yeah, so I have right now in my living room an empty tissue box, and I've written a, a prayer on it that basically says, like, dear spirit, like, anything I put in there, like, worries, fears, doubts, even desires, like, you're handling it. Like, it's out of it's out of my control. Like, show me what I need to see and help me let this go. And I just get, like, post-its or little bits of paper and just write stuff down. And I know once I drop it in the box, like, it's handled. If I want to worry about it, I have to go digging. Yeah, that's a lot of work. No one wants to do that. <laughs> no, no, and I have to remind myself, oh, it's in the box. Oh, it's in the box. Oh, stop controlling it. It's in the box. Mm. And I'm really big on asking for signs. Like, if it's really for my highest good, I need to see three signs by the end of today that are unmistakable. Mm. Wow. And you just command it. Command it to be so. Right, and which is also a very powerful place to come from more of you know the kind of at cause versus the at effect of it too is what I'm hearing yeah, yeah. well we have to be co-creators with mm-hmm. the universe mm-hmm. and take responsibility for our choices and our lives and also our desires yeah yeah and do you think there's a a nuanced way of doing that in love or a different way that it shows up in love versus in our other areas. Cause sometimes honestly, Deanna, like this is full disclosure. Mm -hmm. I kind of have that feeling of, man, I'm such an amazing manifester in every other realm except for love. Even Mm -hmm. though I still do call in the things that I want, (laughs) but I have this way of feeling like, but it's not the ultimate thing that I want. So I'm doing a shitty job of manifesting what is wrong with me. Ah, yeah. You're beating yourself up. Yeah. Um, so what comes up, I can just feel that in your heart chakra, by the way. I know it's so, I mean, it's like like pulsing. It's pulsing. uh, It is. It's just such a, and not, I mean, I'm thankfully, I don't think I'm alone in this feeling. (laughs) But it's, it's so real in those moments, right. You know, where it's just like, God, I think I'm such a powerful, intuitive woman, but this part of my life feels for whatever reason, like it's just, a big fat mystery and I don't know what to do. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing that comes up is like looking at 
the fear of our power, like a fear that if we really unleash our full power in relationship, that either we're not going to be accepted, like Mm. the person is going to run away Mm. or even the fear that we are just not going to let ourselves be powerful. Like there's something in our story that says like, if I totally show up 1000%, it's not going to be enough. And it may be enough in this other area, but that other area doesn't actually involve another human being, right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's a house or it's a, you know, money or whatever. But yeah. I think sometimes we can categorize our life. Like I'm really good at that, but I'm never really good at that. I mean, I talk to a ton of CEOs in my practice who are like kick-ass businesswomen, but you get them in the room and tell them to flirt and they're just like, fuck, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So I think not beating yourself up, allowing yourself to also trust that the area where you feel like you're not manifesting, it could be because you're here to teach that, right? right? It's not that you're not going to ever have it, Yeah. <clears throat> but the universe is kind of using you as like this vehicle for exploration. Mm. Oh, these are all the different things that people are too afraid to experience or too afraid to go through, but you're going to go through them. So you're going to teach it and we're going to make sure that you're taken care of. It just may not be at the exact second you want it. Right. Or looking the way that. (laughs) Right. Right. But I think that piece of, okay, I'm just going to trust that I'm actually manifesting exactly what is in my highest good. It may not always be what I want, but it's in my highest good. And I know, like I know, like I know that when it is in my highest good to be in this, like whatever, whatever you think you don't have, right. The steady relationship, the committed long-term thing or the opposite, um, that mystery thing, it'll come and I'll be so ready for it. But part of your purpose, Natalie, and part of my purpose I know is to teach people to accept themselves and to love themselves and to let love in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're both kind of conduits for that energy with the divine. And I think with that comes a lot of crazy experiences and like some pain, but it doesn't always have to be painful. We can enjoy the ride. Yeah. And it makes me think of to the, and definitely the timing piece, but, but not just the timing piece, the, I mean, I have learned a lot along the way, right? And what I thought I wanted for a relationship 10 (laughs) years ago isn't necessarily what I want for a relationship now. It Mm -hmm. might, there are definitely some very strong threads that have remained, but there's kind of a lot that's shifted around that. And so it's been a cool learning experience. And also this place of, oh, is that part of, the reasons, you know, it kind of hasn't come to fruition is because I'm still kind of really getting clear in some ways of what my ideal relationship even is, what I really want for myself, what would really work for me, me specifically, you know? Well, and most people don't take the time to do that, right? So it's like, it's not that you're a quote unquote bad manifester. Like you can get a guy or girl, like if you really focus on it, you, you know, you can pull them in. True. (laughs) do I want this particular like energy right in my space and is this going to support my bigger dreams 
And most people don't take the time to fine tune it. So I would actually say you're a kick-ass manifester in love. You're just trying on different experiences, different versions of your desires and playing with it. Like that's amazing. Oh, I like that. That sounds way more empowering than (laughs) where I go. (laughs) Well, we all are so like harsh on ourselves. So hard. Like so hard. Yeah. I'm just like, I could have been married three times by now. Like what's wrong with me? And I'm like, yeah, but I didn't really want to be like a Navy wife. Like I'd be a terrible Navy wife. Right. Thank God I didn't say yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I'm curious what you think is a conversation around love and dating that you wish was had more like something that you just feel like isn't addressed. Okay. So what's coming up is like how to, how to sustain a relationship or a marriage, a long-term relationship when you are quickly rising to the top in your business or your career and like authentically growing with your partner. Because I feel like nobody talks about like the nitty gritty of that. What I see, I don't know if you've seen this, but like it's like as soon as the woman or the man like gets to a different level, they either break up, right, or like they, you know, are kind of stuck in these unhappy marriages that are kind of lopsided power struggles. But nobody talks about okay, well, if it's actually working and you're growing together, like. How do you manage the conflicts and the the conversations that come up like mm-hmm. behind closed doors? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that's such a good question because I feel like that was such a hypothetical that my best friend and I we used to play this game. She would always okay hypothetical question right, and she would just randomly throw out this scenario, and you had to choose A or B or what would you do? <laughs> and so many of the co- questions that always had me stumped is that whole, what if you grow apart from your partner? What if you both are changing at different rates kind of thing, right? The Mm -hmm. being on the same page around it just felt so baffling. And I think that you're speaking to part of it is because we, A, don't see that happening or B, know how the fuck to even do that when we're in that situation, you know? And so it is just this big mystery, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's so many like really successful businesswomen, like, and I know a lot of them and I'm just like divorce announcement, you know, like breakup announcement. And I'm like, I broke up with my partner right, right at the next level change too, back in August. So it's like, I want to believe that we can have it all, but like track record, I don't see it because nobody's talking about it. Mm, Wow. Ugh, I'm right there with you, especially that kind of having it all conversation. It's such a... It's like, well, can we? Or do we have to, like, pick? Because I don't want to pick, but show me the examples. I mean, there's there's two that I can think of right off the bat that are in relationship and they seem happy and they're, like, you know, multi-six figures, multi-seven figures, one of them. Um, but I want to ask her, like, are you really happy, like, behind closed doors? Like, how do you make this work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Gosh. Like write that write that book for me. I'd read it. Right. <laughs> Maybe you can do a series and interview Maybe a bunch I'll, of people. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I think you would just have an aha. I'm writing it down. Yeah, write it down, write it down. Because <laughs> I would definitely listen to that series of, you know, um of conversations. Cause again, it's not being had, right? And and the more we know, the more we can then see it as possibility or just know what we're getting into, you know. They might say it's it's a struggle, but you work through it. Great. Or, no, it's actually really easy when you find the right person. Okay. You know, like, whatever the answer is. Like, I just want to hear the answers. <laughs> yeah. Give me answers. Give me answers. Oh, my dear. Oh, my God. We could literally talk for another freaking three hours. Um, Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> oh my God. Um, and we probably will need to talk again at some point. I do. <laughs> I do love the like, okay, to, to be continued. Um, but what just as a final kind of share, you know, what, what tip could you give people around love and dating to really have it be a turned on experience for them? Hmm. I'm staring at this wall hanging that I put up in my office and it says adventure wait awaits you. Ooh, yeah. So what would it be like to approach every single date or everything, every single thing, right. That you want as an adventure that's just waiting for you. And you're not always going to know how it ends, but that wouldn't be an adventure. So can you embrace the adventure that awaits you? Oof. I love it. I love that, obviously, because I'm an adventure junkie, but it's it's kind of true because then it is less about the expectations and the, yep. the outcome and the attachment to that and just really being on the ride, fully on the ride mm-hmm. for it. Wow, that's beautiful. Well, my dear, we're going to have obviously your information in the show notes, but how can people find you um, if you want to share with them and yeah. just specifically what you support people with? That would be awesome. Absolutely. So the website is five star And you can also use my name, but five star love life is way easier to remember. And you can find me on Facebook, uh, Deanna Durrell and Twitter as dancing goddess. And I am so on fire about helping women to feel their full power in relationships and lead lives of grace, love and magic. So we are going to like you know, if we work together, we're going to help remove any blocks that are keeping you from having your, you know, relationship or life that you dream about, but maybe you don't think it's possible. It is. Yes. And she's also working on multiple realms, people, definitely the physical realm, (laughs) but also the (laughs) spiritual realm too. So it's like a double whammy of like power. (laughs) Thank you, honey. So definitely look, Deanna, thank you again. I love you so much. I love you too. All right. And until we have our next conversation about love and dating. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you, as always, for listening to another episode of Taboo and Turn On. I really hope this candid conversation with Deanna and I around our own love lives and the ways that we navigate these choppy, mysterious exciting waters has inspired you and given you something to think about to approach it differently for yourself i love what she said at the end around seeing it as an adventure and really being present for the ride and not being so attached to how it happens and where you go 
but really fully enjoying the moments. And if it wasn't clear, I also dance around naked. I think it's the best way to really get in touch with yourself and your body and your turn on and channel that energy, um, whether into creative endeavors or again, when you're dating, a way to release the energy because energy just wants somewhere to go. And so dancing around, especially naked, highly recommended. (laughs) Thank you again. And to listen to more episodes of Taboo and Turn On, you can go to tabooandturnon.com because unfortunately iTunes and Stitcher only showcases the most recent eight episodes. So there are so, so, so many amazing episodes that I've recorded from the beginning that you can access by going to the website and you can listen to the episodes right from the posts. There's a player on there. Love you so much. Thank you again. And until next time.